Welcome to Making Home Happen, a podcast where we discuss everything that makes home happen. I'm your host, Martin Blair. Today, my guest is Crystal Taylor with Heart to Heart Realty Group and Lifestyle Real Estate. And we are going to be discussing just how Crystal helps everyone make home happen. If this is your first time joining in, you're in for a treat. So, so what we typically do is just ask a bunch of fun questions, get some candid responses, and just go from there. We're going to start off by asking, how long have you been in the business? Um, I've been in the business for 13 years, since 2010. And I have a a heart-to-heart realty group over at Lifestyle Real Estate, and we do Central Kentucky. So in that 13 years, you've been with... A couple of different real estate companies. Three total. The longest was with Remax. I was there for about six and a half years. Then I was at Keller Williams, where I was the production coach as well as a um, an individual agent. And I was there for three years. And I've been at Lifestyle for three and a half years. Gotcha. I think so, I met you. You were at Remax. You, I was. Yep. And we've done we've done all kinds of fun stuff over the years. Yeah. Military veterans, teachers, uh, a few different hero programs. Just. Firefighters, police, um, and I think a lot of government and state workers. Yes, uh, definitely. And it's it, everyone has been memorable. Um, and, and not a, it can be taken out of context. It's been a fun, memorable, because everyone is unique. And to be able to really help folks get into the home has been... A, a great life's work, honestly, because when I got into into this industry, it was, am I just doing loans? Am I selling money? What am I doing? And then my very first deal ever was helping a family get into a house right around Christmas. And it really felt, you know, hey, you know what? Th- this this matters. It and, does and, matter. And that's what made me stick with, with this industry entirely. And my, um, like my motto is connecting hearts with homes because you're not just it's not just a transaction. It's not just a deal. They're not just people. They're actually going to be your friends throughout the process of the transaction. And on into the years when you stay, you're building that relationship with them. So it is connecting your their hearts with the home. And I love that. Actually, we've got a, a client right now we're working with who was referred to us from a previous client that we were working with. I, I get random phone calls, you know, like every so many days because, you know, right now they're planning on moving sometime in the next, you know, few months. But I get a phone call just out of the blue and he just starts talking and he'll start telling me about, you know, the folks that had referred him and the stories that they've got and how thankful they are that they're, you know, working with us. And, you know, what? sometimes those phone calls go 30, 40 minutes they can go a couple hours once um i was up till 10 o'clock at night you know yeah (laughs) talking one night yeah and it was you know it's just it it really does you well to know that you're making a difference absolutely in a lot of what we're working with now we're seeing a lot of challenges for first-time home buyers you know especially in the past couple of years and we've discussed it at length yes a few different ways so we're seeing prices go up we're seeing rates go up and we're not seeing much change from the from the first time homebuyer's ability, you know, what, what they can bring to the table. Right. But we're, we're seeing what they're going to have to start bringing to the table in order to become those first time homebuyers. So it's make it, making it very challenging for us to still be able to deliver, you know, what they're looking for. Exactly. And uh, so in this podcast and, and what we do here is to really um, let folks get to know more about you and th- that way they can 
kind of feel like they know you, you know, and, right. and know what you're about. And it really kind of puts a lot of minds at ease on number one. And number two, it, it allows them to kind of develop the questions that they don't know they need to ask. Right. So from that, we're going to ask a few different questions just to kind of, you know, get rolling out of here. What made you get into real estate first? Well, it's a, it's kind of an odd story, but I had bought my first house and we bought it on a land contract. And I was in my early 20s. I didn't know anything about what to do. Didn't know you needed a realtor. And um, we had actually was renting the home and then the owner said we would like to sell it. So mm-hmm. we were buying it. They said they land contract. We didn't know anything. So we went into the contract and we were responsible for all of the repairs, all the maintenance on the house, you know, everything, all the upkeep. And so about ten, nine, ten years went by and we just, you know, kept paying. And I went to the owner and I said, we want to sell the home and we're going to upgrade to a new home. And when that happened, I, she just looked at me. She was like, oh, well, you've just been renting this whole time. Oh. Yeah. And I was like shocked and it just like floored me. I was like, what in the world? And through it all, um, I learned a lot and I learned that you do need a realtor. You do need a contract. You do need legal help Mm -hmm. with buying a home. And these things do happen to real good people, you know, real people that are good people. And you don't know what you don't know. And that's why you do need an expert to help you. And so the next time I did get a realtor and I thought about it and I thought, I want to be a realtor to help people so they don't make the mistake that I made or, you know, with all of the processes of buying a home, because it's not just that you get a lender, look at a home and buy it. There's a lot of things that happen in between. And so that's why I got in, just to really help people and, you know, educate them on the processes of what's going to happen throughout the transaction. Right. Well, in your case, in land contracts, those are a whole other beast. Mm-hmm. But at least you were able to learn the lesson without it really costing you more than than you thought. I mean, yes, there's money and upkeep, you know, and there's the labor of love that you had gone through. But a lot of folks can go through this exercise and end up completely upside down, you know, and not have been able to at least enjoy it while you had it. Right. You know, so, yeah, that at least you learned early. <laughs> I learned early and I learned what not to do and how to help people through the process. So it taught me a lot. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that, you know, now mm-hmm. I'm equipped to really help people through the process. And I have a heart for people. So I really care about what they want and what their needs are. And sometimes I tell them, you know, really, this is not a good avenue for you right now because of whatever, you know, they're facing in their future or whatever. Sometimes buying a home is not the right idea for you right now. Right. Even though you want it, you know, everything needs to match up and be just doable for your situation. Agreed. And, and there is a lot of, I think, coaching that goes along with this. Yeah, there is. So from the perspective of being able to help folks buy a home or sell a home, which of the two is your favorite? Well, I love them both, but I really like to help people sell and then purchase another home um, just because there's so much joy and excitement in there. And I am a listing specialist, so that really it 
I love looking at the homes, giving ideas to the home seller, Mm -hmm. creating a customized marketing plan for that home to sell. But first-time home buyers have my heart because, you know, it's just like they're special. They don't know anything, and they they need everything. Well, okay, so sometimes they do know something. Sometimes they don't know what they don't know. Sometimes they... Yeah, you'd be surprised what you can learn. Right. Um, And I think that that's sort of the challenge, too, is that in the beginning, when you're dealing with a first-time homebuyer, you have to sort of feel each other out Mm -hmm. because you don't know what they know, and they don't know what to ask or if they know what to ask. You know, it's... yeah, It's iffy. It is. It's it's like you're... you're, Oh, what's what's the right word to say? Like, you're you're truly trying to... You're survivor. There you go. Yeah. You're playing survivor on the island, and... You're trying to fill them out, especially if you don't know them, you know, and, right. which is what we're trying to conquer here and, you know, bridge the gap of. So if you don't know them, it's hard to say if you trust them fully, you right. know. So you're you're taking what little bit of information you can get. They're taking what little bit of information they can get. They're taking it back to their team. You're taking it back to yours. Okay. And then you come back again. And it's this, this you know, give and take, at least in the yeah. very beginning. Well, you're creati- creating like an avenue of trust. Mm-hmm. They have to trust you. You have to trust them. A big, I think a big part of it is the communication. We need to communicate through the process with one another. If you're not feeling good about a certain part mm. of the process, then just be, you know, be real and say, hey, I don't understand this or I'm not comfortable with this. You know, help me understand. Mm. So that comes from both parts, the buyer, the seller and the realtor. It, it needs to come from all aspects of the of the process because we we all need to be on the same page. Right, and I feel that a lot of them have a, a difficulty with a button. It's a it's a huge red button. It's just called the pause button. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. You know, back up. Let me understand this so I understand where I'm going, and then you know proceed. Because so maybe they do understand it, but they don't know they do, or maybe they really don't. Right. And we are only as capable as the information that we have, you know, exactly. so we can only really guide them based off of what they're giving us. And are you noticing a change with the generations? You know, is the ability to communicate becoming a little more difficult? difficult. Yeah, it is. And I think that is due to the the social media, the texting. Text is always so misconstrued. I mean, it seems like, you know, you mean one thing, but it sounds it's it doesn't have a feeling you know, it's very two dimensional. Yes. Yeah. And then when you talk to someone on the phone, they're like, oh, yeah, OK, now I understand or that was such a misunderstanding. And that's why I still like to talk on the phone yes. or meet in person, you know, sit down and really get a feel for people because that text, it's just dry and mm-hmm. it has no feeling at all. But that's what our <laughs> that's what people have come to. Oh, I'll just send them a text. But. When they do that and it's quick and they leave out other certain parts that's important, like then it's yeah, then it's it's misconstrued <laughs> and it can get a, it can become a real mess. It can. And uh, funny story. So my broker Tom, very straightforward to the point. You know, love him to death. Been with him now for over a decade, and um, his emails can have tone in them. And you wouldn't think that they would have tone, but he can write with tone. And if you didn't know better, you'd almost think he was scolding you. And, uh-huh. and it could be something as simple as, hey, 
do you have a stamp I can put on this envelope? And you you almost want to be in tears bringing him that stamp. Right. I'm sorry. You know, it's just that's that's his ability. Fuck. And it's it's the exact same with some texting. Yeah. Um, depending upon how quick the response is or how direct and to the point it is and how sharp it may seem. Right. Can definitely give you the wrong impression uh. more often than not. Um, so I see why emojis are so cool, but I don't think they have the full gambit of emojis figured out yet. Exactly. <laughs> They're kidding. Me. Exactly. Most people, they don't know about where the money comes from in real estate. Uh, so do I have to pay my realtor as a first time buyer or as a buyer of any sort? Mm -hmm. Or they haven't bought in a long time. So no, you don't pay your realtor as a buyer. The seller actually writes that into their contract with their listing realtor mm. and they pay the they pay the buyer's realtor and so you don't have to come out of pocket anything for your representation of your realtor gotcha it's already created into the contract that they signed with the listing agent gotcha now to that point for first-time home buyers this is a very good point i have however in my years have seen where the buyer does have to but it's very very rare yes it is and rare that rarity usually comes when we're dealing with for some, for some owners. owners yeah yeah but we would be surprised at how often your negotiating skills have still been able to save the day so that the buyer still doesn't have to pay exactly um my buyers never i've never had a buyer that ever bought from a for sale by owner that had to pay my commission i always negotiated that in even before we went. Um, so there's a contract that I work out with the for sale by owner mm -hmm. that actually has that written in there that they will pay me um, my commission so that I can go in and not have to pass that along to the buyer. There you go. So what this essentially is creating is a larger market than what most folks would be able to see normally because not only are they getting what's currently listed on MLS, they're also getting the for sale by owners as well. Right. And... In this market especially, we need as many homes out there as we can get. Absolutely. We're low in inventory. Huge. Hugely low. Yeah. <laughs> Hugely low. Is that phrase? Yeah. Okay. I think we're down 13% right now from last year. From on last listings. year? Yeah, just from last year. And we were low inventory last year as well and the year before that. So, you know, and that dr drove up the prices of the houses. Mm -hmm. And with that coupled with the interest rate going up, it has really made an impact on the buyers, and it's also made an impact on the people wanting to sell because they're moving up, and the interest rates, unless they're paying cash, is going to affect their leverage in the market. Again, coming back around to the inventory scenario, I, I don't recall or can't recall right now a time ever when I heard a realtor say there's too many houses on the market. We're just flooded with houses. Too many stop selling your houses. But but I have seen and have you know documented proof to show we are going down and down and down and down and down in inventory year over year over year. We are. And a lot of that is in part to the interest rate, you know, lows that we had during the, the COVID years. And people were refinancing into the twos and threes. And essentially free money, really. Yeah. So if you had a 2 or a 3% you know, interest rate on your house, would you want to sell it? No, and I do. I have a 2.65 on my home, on go. a 20. And no, I don't want to sell. And I know that it's hard. But, 
you know, there's going to be times when people are relocating mm-hmm. or they have ne- they have new babies and they're, they've outgrown, their family's outgrown their current home. And so they have no other choice and they have to. But, you know, when I work with you as their lender, then we always think of, you know, we could buy down the interest rates and those really help. They help you. Uh, be able to afford more house. So we work together to try to find a customized plan for that family. And every family is different, and we do customize every family's plan. Mm-hmm. We do. And and here's something that's really neat. There There is a, a program out there called a 2-1 buy-down. Mm-hmm. Now, it can be misconstrued very easily as into saying, you know, it's it's all a hype. But here uh-huh. here's something I have found, and I've actually seen a scenario very recently, as in last week even, where this would actually benefit a buyer. Okay, so number one, the seller doesn't want to come down on their price. Uh-huh. They just don't want to come down. And they, they think that that starts a bad pattern. So we've got a buyer who wants to buy this house, but they don't want to get out from under their really great interest rate that they've got now. Right. So we've, we've got this, you know, battle of wills. Well, with a 2-1 buy down, they were able to come back to the seller and say, look, okay, I don't want you to necessarily lower your price, but seller paid interest buy down is essentially what they're doing. Uh And they will buy down the interest rate two points for two years. And then, well, best way to describe it on your first year, you're two points lower than your initial rate. Uh The next year, you're one point lower than your initial rate. And then on your third year, you're at your initial rate. Right. Okay. So, what the seller can do is at least incentivize the the initial lower interest rate. Right. And what that does is kind of buy you some time that if interest rates were to lower, you can you refinance. Can refinance. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, what's the worst that can happen? At least you're adjusting slowly. Yeah. And it's not the same as an arm that can adjust year over year over year. It is you got a, you know, two or three year max adjustment period and then you're done. That's it. Right. So it is an option that we've we've looked at and I have been able to assist, you know, alleviating, I guess, if you will, the brick walls from the seller and the buyer to say, hey, we have a option right. that makes it, you know, kind of, you know, mutually beneficial for both parties here. But the thing about it is, is rent has gone up and it's actually, it seems like more, more times than not, more expensive to rent than it is to buy, even with the interest rates at six and seven percent. And a hundred percent of your rent is going straight to the property owner, but portions of your payment is going towards buying you wealth, paying that home off. And so when you you think about it that way, you are all at a win-win always with buying I, I because agree. you're building wealth. But, you know, a lot of people don't see that and it intimidates them. So we actually sit down and we have an hour to an hour and a half long meeting to go over things like that and questions and concerns um, about the process and what it entails and, you know, what is the win or the lose or the win-win, you know, what's that going to look like? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'll look at what their rent payment is. We'll get them, you know, um, pre-approved with the lender, which would be Martin Blair, and see what they can qualify for. And if they qualify for a certain amount, we look at their payment, what that'll be. And, you know, you you 
balance that out. What you know, what's it going to be here? Like if it was two thousand in rent, and it's going to be twenty one seventy for your mortgage payment. It's a win win to go ahead and right. go through with that mortgage because you're always going to be building wealth in that home. Mm-hmm. That with your renting, you're always going to be giving a hundred percent of that rent to that homeowner. I mean, to your landlord. Right. Well, that that is the statement. You know, rent is one hundred percent interest. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent compared to six or seven percent. Right. So when you take that out of your mind and you start really focusing on what that looks like and you're in your 20s or your 30s and it's going to be your first house, then you're going to look at you are actually building equity in that home. And if something ever happened, you could sell the home and still have money there. If something happens after you rent it for six years, there's nothing and that was the lesson you learned up front. Yeah. And I learned it with a land contract. <laughs> right. So, you know, so we live and we learn. We do. So so we're going to adjust, uh, adjust the topic a bit. So okay. from a perspective of expertise, uh-huh. and, you know, realtors can dive into really, you know, pretty much any specific area that you want to. I mean, you can be a condo person. You can be a, <laughs> a duplex person. You know, yeah. all these different things. Is there any expertise that you have, you know, trained or studied toward? I have the military relocation professional um, specialist. So I do help with the military and I know all of the processes to make that VA loan happen. I actually sell, like this year, I've sold farms, I've sold condos, lake houses, duplexes, commercial buildings, all this year. Mm. So really, I keep my range open because I want to help everybody. And I have the expertise to do that through my 13 years experience, but actually specializing military. Military, Mm -hmm. got it. What is your take on teams? Well, I do have a team. It's just a small team. My team concept is more about helping people grow. So new realtors, I just want to help them grow and to be an eventually a individual realtor. That's the way that I have my team set up. So it's not just a like 50-50 split that I do with another agent. Mm. And I just don't even help or don't offer anything. I love to offer education and, you know, I like to take them in, under my wing and grow them and help them become an individual agent. So it's more of an, a nurturing it environment. It is for me. Yeah. Most team concepts are really not like that. And you're going to be bound by what that team wants for their actual vision. Mm-hmm. But my actual vision is just to help new realtors grow. Gotcha. We had mentioned that things are kind of going toward the rental side of things. You know, you know, uh-huh. Have you have you noticed an uptick in folks that are looking for homes that they can purchase to become rentals or Airbnbs, or are you still seeing it more for their primary residence? I really have seen a lot of people want to buy like duplexes, live on one side and rent the other side out mm. to help with their mortgage. And there's not a lot of duplexes on the market, but that seems like to be one of the things that is really needed. It makes housing more affordable. Are you seeing folks that are wanting to buy more investment property in general? Or are you seeing folks that just want to buy a house for themselves more in general? Uh, Just want to buy a house for themselves. 
Looking back on your career, what piece of advice would you love to go back in time and give it to yourself? Take more time with your education, learning from other realtors that have done it for many years, and they know the ropes. You don't know everything just because you just came out of school. Right. You don't know really much, and you think you do. You think you're prepared. So taking time to really learn from experienced realtors, asking them out to lunch to be able to pick their brain and learn how, what they did and how they build, built their business, um, really becoming more people-oriented and relationship-building. That's what I would do different. I I did a little bit of that, but really not enough. So it, if you don't do enough of it, it takes longer for you to actually build your business and build relationships with people. I agree. And see, that's the funny thing about education and experience, you know, and you don't know the right way to go about absorbing that information mm-hmm. without just good old-fashioned trial and error and yeah. sometimes it hurts you, you take a, a, a lick and you're mm, okay learn from that one yeah and then you can be you know graciously given expert advice and not realize it for the value that it is so you know it, it's being able to be i think open to right all the different perspectives yes and then you kind of have to bite the bullet and see which one It's going to work for you. Yes. Because there's things that's going to be really close to your heart that you really like to do Mm -hmm. in real estate. You know, like mine's military. I love that. I love working with people that are working for our country. So it's really close to my heart. And there's going to be a certain thing that you like and you get into that. Maybe you like to work with people in education. So it, it all just depends on what you like. You take your time to find out what that is. Mm-hmm. So really taking time and diving into it and making a difference in your life, but in people's life. How would you advise someone that's thinking about becoming a realtor? Take a step back and actually don't just dive into real estate school. Go in and talk with a broker and Meet with some agents and find the cost out, first of all, because it's not cheap. I mean, it's it's a it's an investment, but it's not cheap and it's time consuming. You work when people are off work. So you're working nights and weekends. You're working open houses on Sundays and Saturdays and Thursdays. And, you know, you will take away from your family if you have a family if you don't know how to actually, you know, make a plan for your life, make a schedule. So you really do need to sit down with a broker, sit down with a couple of agents, uh, find out the costs and find out what a day in the life of a realtor really looks like before you start school. And I would even take it a step further to say, once you get that information, you need to take that home and have a family meeting yeah. or two or three yeah, and make sure that it's a good fit. Make sure everybody is on board because it is, you sacrifice a lot in real estate and especially in the beginning when you don't have clientele built up, when you don't have those relationships yet and you're spending 70 hours a week working in real estate. Mm-hmm. So, you know, now I can spend 
30 hours a week and it and make more than I did when I spent 70 because I've lived and I've learned right what works you know in this business and how to actually I guess make a plan and a vision and a calendar and stick to all of that a lot of that beginning grind is to get caught up on the experience uh-huh. and you know experience is expensive it is. You're going to pay for it one way or another, whether it be an actual dollars or time spent uh-huh. or bruises gained. <laughs> You're yeah. going to get there through um, through the effort. And you have to make sure that the effort is individualized and it's worth it for you. Right. Awesome. As always, thank you for taking the time to listen in. We'll be back soon with more helpful ways to make home happen. I'm your host, Martin Blair with EMB Mortgage Group. Contact me at martinblair.com.